This is All of It. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. I'm really grateful you're here. All this week, we are diving into music from the 1920s as we launch this year's Public Song Project. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll learn about the recording technology of that era and how it shapes what we listen to today. We have a curator from the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts joining us to give us some history. Did you know you could go to that library and play an acoustical recorded disc from the 1920s. It's very cool. You'll learn how tomorrow. That's in the future. Let's get this hour started with American Patchwork Quartet. That's a traditional folk song, Shenandoah, as interpreted by a new music group called American Patchwork Quartet, APQ, who are, as they announce on their website, quote, on a mission to reclaim the immigrant soul of American roots music. APQ is led by my next guest, Clay Ross of the Gullah Band Ranky Tanky, and features my other guest, Falu, on lead vocals. Filling out the rest of the quartet are jazz bassist Yashushi Nakamura and drummer Clarence Penn. The group just released a self-titled debut album on Friday, and they stopped by the WNYC studios while they were in town to record a couple of songs from it, including the one we're excited to add to the 2024 edition of the Public Song Project. And you'll get to hear that at the end of our interview. Joining me now via Zoom to talk about the new album are Clay Ross. Hi, Clay. Hi. Good to see you, Allison. Thanks so much for having us. So happy to have you. And Falu. Hi, Falu. Hi, so nice to be here. Thank you for having us. Clay, take us back to the beginning of the band. What was the original idea behind putting this group together? Uh, Well, Falu and I uh, met as teaching artists at Carnegie Hall here in New York City. And I've been living here for almost 20 years now, but I was born in South Carolina. And I, after doing research to uh, work on the Rinky Tanky project, which has been my main focus for the last few years, um, I found a whole group of songs that I really loved, but that didn't necessarily fit directly into that project, but that I really wanted to find a way to explore. And I had this little folder, and I showed it to Falu, and she really loved um, these songs. And we sort of arrived at the idea that uh, we could explore these songs both um, as Americans, whether my ancestors came here hundreds of years ago or Falu came here 20 years ago. We're both American citizens, U.S. citizens, and uh, have every right as we see it to uh, explore and, uh, and and interpret these songs in our own way. And for me personally, I really wanted to make an expression of my Southern American roots music that represented the diversity of my current neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York. So really happy that uh, we've come so far with it now. It's four years we've been doing this project. Falu, what was interesting to you? What was appealing about this project to you? So Clay started bringing songs, and the first 
first thing I asked him is, why are they all talking about death? <laughs> and and that was so funny because I don't have the background of folk music. I don't know the history. And that really uh, inspired me to check out the American songbook, the, the, the history that I didn't grow up with. So... Clay helped me send send some documentaries. I did, did did my research, and the melodies of these songs are timeless mm. and boundaryless. Shenandoah could be sung in India or Egypt, and it will have the same impact on a listener. The only thing that'll be different is the way they sing it. Right? We use microtones. We have twenty-two notes, notes that are not in the on the piano. The notes in between the black and white keys. So the way I would sing Shenandoah is to bring in my microtonal singing from India that I've inherited as an eleventh generation of Indian classical music, and wanted to do something that only somebody from India can bring to this country, which is the twenty-two note scale of ragas mm-hmm. and. Indian melodic scales that that speak with emotions and expressions that directly uh, mix with the song. So for me, it was amazing melodies. Didn't matter where it came from. The Irish immigrants must have brought them or Scottish immigrants must have brought them. But right now, an Indian immigrant is singing. And I bring my spice, my masala to the songs. Clay, how did you find this group? How did it come together? Oh, great. Um, well, like I said, Falu and I met uh, mm-hmm. teaching at Carnegie Hall. And we were working on lullabies with expecting mothers, and that's such an intimate context mm. and a really beautiful um, project that they do there. And uh, so we really struck up a friendship. So that was the core of it. Um, I was actually uh, caught one of my first big breaks with Rinky Tanky, uh, played at the Monterey Jazz Festival for the first time in 2017, and met one of my drumming heroes on the ride home in the van. Uh, we were riding back from the festival in the, the festival van, and there is uh, drum phenomenon Clarence Penn, who I've long admired. And uh, we struck up a conversation and got to know one another and turned out our flight was delayed by 10 hours. And on that delay, um, I took it as a cue from the universe uh, that I was destined to get to know Clarence a little better. And we spent that time hanging out and we got to know each other really well and became friends over everything except for music, you know, food, family, um, living in New York and and all the all the other things besides music. And so we, Clarence and I both happened to know Yasushi really well. Um, I had met him when I first came to New York 20 years ago. And Clarence and Yasushi continue to play as a in-demand rhythm section um, in the jazz world. So um, around all this time, there was just all these serendipitous circumstances happening. And when, when my friendship sparked with Clarence, he was kind of the first person that I said, hey, man, I'm thinking about a band that is like specifically designed to bring diversity and representation to stages uh, and to explore these American folk songs and to explore the idea of American identity through this music. And he loved the idea and he really encouraged me to um, pursue it. And here we are now. And Falu, when did your music career begin? Well, in our culture, you know, the, the, the thought is that first 18 years you just learn you learn mm-hmm. and you you really get inside 
the music very deeply and hone it, give your 10,000 plus hours. So I did that. I did 16 hours of practice every day for 10 years at oh least. And then my training was very, it was very traditional. It was strict. It was nothing that an American kid does these days. Um, and then I just feel like with that in mind, when I came to America, I decided to learn American music as well in, in and draw freely from what I have learned and what America has offered me, which is freedom, which is, you know, you can you're not you don't have to be scared of doing any genre. You can try. <laughs> and I'm fearless that way. I'm not afraid of failing. So I do take risks. And uh, this was something that it, it fell in my lap because Clay brought songs beautiful songs, beautiful melodies, and I just latched to them because they reminded me of my mountain music from India that I grew up with. So the music that I we, we picked was organic because mm. I had to relate to it somehow. It had to be melody or something that, that I could bring in. And so I feel like it was organic. It, it it also there was COVID, so we had time to to learn the songs and nudge them. And I feel like the whole process was very organic, but very heartfelt. And we wanted to keep the the integrity of every culture that we brought in. We're discussing American Patchwork Quartet, the self-titled album from this group. We're talking to Philo, who is on vocals, Clay Ross is guitarist and band leader. Um, Clay, the songs come from the 19th and 18th centuries. How did you figure out your track list and what songs mm. you wanted to take on? Yeah, it, it was tough, you know. But, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, yeah, because there are so many beautiful songs. But, it, I mean, it really started with... Um, when I'm going through uh, archives of uh, field recordings and listening to the Alan Lomax archive, and there's so many wonderful um, uh, gifts that we've been given by all these folklorists who have left these recordings from the past. And I know you'll be sharing a lot of those during your Centennial Project. And um, it, so as I'm listening to the, these songs, I'm trying to find songs that uh, are timeless, songs that speak to the human experience, song that speaks to man's humanity to man, uh, songs about love, songs about loss, songs about um, happiness, uh, everyday life, simple pleasures. And so um, the, the songs that we chose, they all fit into that category. They all have a timeless quality about them. And then I feel like between my singing lead at times and Falu's singing lead at times, it really creates a, a dynamic um, experience uh, across the scope of the album. So we were just trying to create a balance there. You know, we have a lot of songs where Falu and I sing as a duet. We have a lot of beautiful longing ballads that Falu sings so beautifully. And then we have some kind of gruff and rugged, bluesy, bluesier mm -hmm. songs too that create a counterweight. Clay, do you ever want a, a song to... Show is a show its age. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I think they show their age at times, and that there are a lot of um, is the word colloquial colloquialisms. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there there are a lot of um, sometimes words that Falu is like, 
why did they say that? You know, and I'm like, oh, well, that that's probably like old English. You know, this、mm-hmm. lyric, the way of of saying this lyric.、Um, I, I'm not thinking of any right off、uh, the top of my head, but I know there are. I think specifically in a song like Pretty Sarah.、Um, but you know. Uh, we didn't try to change those types of things、mm-hmm. too much、uh, to make them modernized, and we didn't put references、um, to iPhones or anything in there. You know, when we we're talking about Lazy John getting his work done,、mm-hmm. you know,、um, he's he's still still getting his work done. He's a farmer, <laughs> you know. We're gonna hear one of the songs that y'all recorded for us at the WNYC studios last week, "Soul of a Man" by Blind Willie Johnson.、Um, What do we know about Johnson and the history of this song? Do you want to take that, Clay or Falu? Do you want to take that? I can give it a shot. Let's、um, give it a shot. Yeah. So you know, Blind Willie Johnson's one of my favorite blues musicians.、Um, he recorded so many、uh, blues classics、um, songs that he he actually did two songs that we recorded on the album,、um, John the Revelator, as well as this one, Soul of a Man. And、uh, we just love this song because it asks this universal question. You know what is the soul of a man, and it tells the story of of the pursuit, and and his was at the time definitely framed in a、um, a religious context of Christianity here in America,、um, but it really is universal. It's a universal idea and a universal theme, so that's why we chose this one. Falu, before we play the song, your version, what's something you would like us to listen for to keep in mind as we hear "Soul of a Man"? The soul of a man was a very、um... Different song than what I was used to listening or singing because it has different harmonies that the group came up with, and my training has been in in mel- melodic singing. Classical Indian music is one note that we explore and improvise on one scale, right? We do not change our tonics. So this one has so many harmonies, and I had to learn how to sing with. Three different tonics on stage with clay in ABQ, because this is not something I was trained on. So it definitely took a minute to get used to how the arrangement worked and how two two people can sing two different melodies via harmony and sound so magical. So for me, Soul of a Man is magic, and it's it's always exciting to sing it on stage because people clap and it's a very fun song. It's lively and and it's. For me, it was a process of learning. For Clay, it's just having fun, and that's what I love about this song. Is like we can b- see both aspects of beauty in the song. Balu, is there a name for the alap that you sing in the middle, the rag? Um, the man. I, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, but we should li- listen up for that because it's beautiful. Falu does something that only Falu could do in the middle of this piece. <laughs> From American Patchwork Quilt. Quartet, excuse me. I know that、Try、happens all the time.、And、well, it's great. Remind everybody, it is definitely not quilt. Do not go Google an American patchwork quilt up there. <laughs> But that you, you know what that a... that speaks of the name though. That's what makes well right. Yeah, it's it's close. It's close. We are we are the the quartet American patchwork quartet. <laughs> Here's Soul of a Man.
Beneath the Willow from American Patchwork Quartet. We'll have more after a quick break. This is all of it. This is all of it on WNYC. I'm Allison Stewart. My guests are two members of American Patchwork Quartet, Falu on vocals and Clay Ross on guitar, and he's the band leader. Now, before the break, we heard Beneath the Willow. Uh, they were mislabeled in our uh, in our fancy machine over there. So we oh, thought- that's all good. <laughs> But we want to say that Beneath the Willow is the song that you've submitted for the Public Song Project, to be part of our Public Song Project. How did you choose that song? Um, well, that was actually one of the first ones that I'd brought to Falu to to consider nice. for the group. Um, I just think it's a, a beautiful song. It, again, it fits all my qualifiers of, mm-hmm. of being timeless. And, um, you know, it is... It, it, you know, you could take the the aspect of of the song, the metaphor to death, but it it's also a beautiful metaphor about nature, and um, and it's also one of the first songs that was ever recorded as a country music song, and I thought that that was interesting because you know I think a big part of what we're trying to do is just to bring diversity explicitly to bring diversi- diversity into a space that is often. Um, uh, considered to be of one specific ethnicity or 
you know, one specific type of person is, mm-hmm. is drawn to or performing this kind of song. And I think we really just wanted to challenge that. So this song just fit all those criteria really well. Father, where did you draw inspiration for your vocals on that song? So this song is so pretty, melodically mm-hmm. so pretty. And the minute I heard it, I'm like, yes. And what brought me very close to it is the the fact that I can write Hindi lyrics on it and it can be played in a Bollywood movie. Hmm. It is that accessible. <laughs> it is that beautiful. And it is so catchy. So for me, from a song perspective, forget everything, the history and that it was recorded, the first recording. Yes, that's all great. But for me, just sheer beauty of the song spoke purely and magically to me. And I felt like, oh, my God, this can be in a Bollywood movie. And why don't I bring my the most beautiful raga, which is mm. major scale in India, and I I took aspects from that and I composed the middle section of it because it is it is the, about the death and, you know, like separation. But somewhere there is hope. Mm-hmm. I find hope mm-hmm. in the song, even though it talks about, you know, you be beneath the willow, you're, uh, hopefully you cry for me. But there is still some light. So I see that in that way. Father, for people who don't know about your background, you have a background in children's music. You won the Grammy for Best Children's Album in 2022. What strengths do you have to hone, what strengths do you need to write and sing children's music that can be used and applied to other musical projects in your life? So basically, I'm a global musician. I was trained in Indian classical music my whole life. But when I became a mother in this country to a brown child mm-hmm. uh, as a first generation South Asian immigrant, it was really hard to raise a brown kid with him feeling comfortable at a, at a school. So my children's uh, path started when my son went to preschool and came home with questions like, why am I brown? Or why do I, I eat yellow rice at home? or speak a different language, which is not English. So to answer all these questions and tell him that what you have inherited is beautiful, don't be ashamed of diversity, but embrace it. From a mother's point of view, I started writing songs in two, three languages, English, Hindi, and Gujarati for him, which then then happened to be an album, got nominated. That was the first album, Follows Bizarre. Then he was nine or eight, and then George Floyd incident happened that also made him very fearful to go to school. That am I going to be, you know, attacked because I'm brown? So for as a mother to give him a sense of protection, I wrote another song or another, we wrote another album with our team about how crayons can stay in a box together, keeping their identities, so can humans. So a colorful world happened and Apparently, that message resonated with immigrants, mm. so it won a Grammy. But I feel like first I'm a global musician, and then because I became a mother, I I also added this perspective of how do you write music for children that is in 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 many languages, also by so many cultures can be involved. And Clay, you since we started this conversation, you mentioned that you grew up in South Carolina. Were you always surrounded by American folk music, or is that something that that came to you later? You know, my my sort of conscious pursuit in that music came definitely came later. But the I, I always tell people when I now that I've never been more southern 
than when I came to New York City. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 20 years ago when I came here, it was like all of a sudden I realized, you know, how damn Southern I was. You know what I mean? How darn Southern I was. I like really. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was I was surrounded by that music growing up. It was a part of my life and it was everywhere uh, for me, um, even though it wasn't like such a conscious thing and it certainly didn't need to be a conscious thing. You know, it was, and I, I played the guitar like most teenagers mm -hmm. uh, who picked up the guitar in my generation, you know, playing Metallica songs and other classic rock. <laughs> so when did you decide to pursue this kind of music professionally? Um, well, I came to New York, like I said, I came to New York mm -hmm. 20 years ago really to pursue a career in jazz music and to oh. to play jazz with jazz. That's why, that's how I know Yasushi oh, and gotcha. kind of, and, uh, and I'm, I was really interested in, in, um, in jazz. And uh, as I said, uh, I, I never felt more Southern and I was kind of interested in this conversation of global musicians. Mm -hmm performing jazz music. One of the first collaborations I had when I came to New York was with uh, a Spanish accordionist from Galicia. And so that was really, um, I was interested in the overlap uh, between people bringing their own cultural worlds into the jazz language and their own uh, cultural experiences. And so I wanted to be able to offer something that was innate to me, to that conversation. And so you know, my Southern American roots music is a fertile soil for that type of um, exploration and, and for something that is natural to me that I can bring to the party. So, so I, I think I always use the food analogy, you know, we're, we're kind of doing this uh, bring your own dish to the party kind of thing. <laughs> so I can bring my Southern cuisine and help make the, help make the food a little tasty. So. American Patchwork Quartet, the self-titled album, is out now. I've been speaking with Falu and Clay Ross from the group. Thank you so much for spending time with us and for performing at WNYC Studio 5. We're going to go out on Soul of a Man, a performance from that set. Thanks, y'all. Oh, Thank you so thank much. You. Appreciate it. Ask the question, please answer if you can. Is there anybody that can tell me? Tell me what about the soul of a man? Oh, won't somebody tell me? Tell me if you can. Won't somebody tell me? Tell me what is the soul of a man? I traveled in different countries. I traveled in foreign lands Haven't met anybody who could tell me Tell me what about the soul of a man Oh, somebody tell me Tell me if you can Won't somebody tell me Tell me what is the soul of a man A crowd of people stand talking I walked up right on time was preaching the lawyers and the doctor said man ain't nothing but his mind oh won't somebody tell me tell me if you can won't somebody tell me tell me what is the soul of a man Whoa. 
as often I tried to read them right As far as I can understand Ain't nothing but a burning light Oh, won't somebody tell me Tell me if you can Won't somebody tell me Tell me what is the soul of a man Won't somebody tell me Tell me